hosted by Mike the Big Cheese. All right, welcome back to the Heavy Metal Mayhem Radio Show. I hope all our U.S. friends here had a really happy Thanksgiving. It's been a nice long weekend off from work, enjoying it. But it's back to the grind tomorrow. But what a great way to go back to work. We have Tom Hunter from Exodus. And then later on in the show, all the guys from Morticia will be joining us. Patrick, Thomas, Daniel, and Alex. So we've got a great show for everybody tonight. Stick around. Right there, we started things off with, <clears throat> excuse me, with Witch. With Nervous Rick, and I was talking with Punky about coming on the show, but he was in the process of moving uh, at the time. He's just getting settled in, so maybe we'll try that again in January, and we'll have him on the show. But we're going to kind of lay back and take it easy with the interviews for the month of December. We only have like one guest booked for each weekend. We're just going to get on a lot of music, our year-end top 10 list or top 20 list, whatever we come up with. We're going to have a good time with that. But stick around. Like I said, there's a lot of cool music tonight. Next up, let's head over to Belgium for some acid. Heaven's Devil.
Man, that album is definitely going to be in my top 10 this year. That's Ichabod Crane. Uh, George Neal from Halloween. This is one of his uh, side bands that he just started this year. They put out the record Day of Reckoning. What a great record. That's a no the song Nostradamus. <clears throat> and I got that on because tomorrow, online metal promo and myself here at the Heavy Metal Man Radio Show, we're going to be releasing a compilation record called From Below Ground to Above Ground, From the Underground to Above Ground. Please forgive me there. We changed the title. <laughs> From the underground to above ground. It's a digital compilation record. It's going to be free for everybody to download tomorrow. There are 52 bands on there with 52 different songs. Ichabod Crane is one of them that are going to be on there. Uh, I got to pick out half the bands and uh, online metal promo put out the other half of their artists. And there's a lot of great ones on there too. But some of the groups you're going to be getting songs on by are Attacker, Avigail, Axemaster, Benedictum, Liege Lord, Beyond Fallen. Uh, Chris Violence, we had on the show not long ago. Ron Keel, Death Dealer, Death Dealer, <laughs> Dire Peril, Crown of Earth, Reverence. Oh, my God. So many bands I can't even name more. Like I said, there's 52 of them on there. So check it out. I'll have the link up on my site tomorrow and also probably be a press announcement on our Brave Word. So uh, download yourself a copy. Like I said, 52 great songs by a whole bunch of great artists. I can't use the word great enough. So go get yourself a copy of that. All right. Well, we're going to get this interview with Tom Hunton on in a few minutes. But until then, we're going to have some more music and fast around to some of the news this week. Uh, this was a really bad week for, for Dave uh, for Dave Mustaine and Megadeth. Not only did he lose two of his main guys over there, uh, but his mother-in-law also, they found her dead. They've been, she's been missing for about a month or two. I found her in the woods somewhere. I was looking at this uh, site where they tell you like how much different people are worth. And uh, when you go to the site and you go to music and have Dave Mustaine down there, they have listed as over $5 million. 
Now, you got your mother-in-law living in a trailer park. The woman has dementia and Alzheimer's. I mean, come on. You can't get her a home attendant to look after her or maybe move in with you or put her into a home or something for the last couple of years that she has left to avoid this happening. I don't get that whole situation. But obviously, he's not getting along with his band members again because Sean Drover left. <clears throat> Chris Broderick left the band. So right now, who the hell knows what's going on? People talking about Nick Menza coming back, but Nick Menza is uh, in this brand new super group. Uh, at least, you know, that's what they're calling it. Uh, and I'm, I'm telling you, bands are starting to use the word super group just a little too loosely these days because, you know, Menza, I think Chris Pollan is on there and James Lomenzo, all well-known musicians from different bands. None of them were ever like major arena acts, but, I, you know, the three of them getting together to me doesn't, you know, warrant a super group. And then last week, there was the one with Joel and Turner, and I think uh, there's a few other people in that band. And every couple of days, there's a new supergroup popping up with a bunch of B-level you know, music artists, and it's just not a supergroup. If you put a band together that has Tony Iommi on guitar, you know, you think of some, you know, you know, you think of some great bass players and some drummers and put them on there. That's a supergroup, you know. These four or five guys, to me, that's not a super group. But like I said, they're using the word very loosely today. So who the hell knows? Also, it was a pretty rough week for, for my friend Neil Turbin over there. He's been like at a war of the words with Onslaught. You know, Onslaught came to do their tour. So I kill it. You know, his kid is sick, so he had to sit it out. They put Neil Turbin in, which I didn't understand from the beginning because Neil's an amazing singer. Just doesn't fit, you know, the sound of Onslaught. There were so many other people out there that they could have brought in to fill in. And maybe they would have been better off for like a singer that really wasn't that well known that could have handled those vocals. But obviously, I was, I was looking at some of the videos from the beginning of the tour, and you can see that Neil looked uncomfortable on stage, like it wasn't his type of sound. But you know, he went through it. And if you looked at some of the other videos as they were moving along, it, it was getting better and better. But he was looking for money to get paid. He wasn't getting paid, obviously. And, uh, you know, Knife says uh, he was getting paid. They were giving him the runaround. And also says they fired him, but they fired him during, with two shows left. This was going on from day one, according to everybody. But he fired him towards the end over there. So these two aren't getting along. And there's like this big war of the words going on between them, between, you know, Blabbermouth and Brave Words and on their own Facebook pages that <laughs> threatening lawsuits. And, you know, Neil is a good friend of the show. And he's always been a sweetheart of a guy with me. And I spoke to him the other night about this. And he was going to come on. He says, I just want to wait till I get all my ammunition together <laughs> after they're done slinging all their bobs at me. And then I'll come on and we'll talk about it. So hopefully we'll get Neil on in the next couple of weeks. But uh, that's descending into like chaos over there. These two are really going at it. And I and I just don't get it. I mean, just do the two shows that were left. If you're not getting paid, then come out and say something and move on. But it's just nonsense. And maybe Onslaught should have canceled the tour you know, without Side being able to do it. I know there's a lot of money involved and there are payouts and different things that take place. And sometimes it's not that easy. But if you're going on a tour to the U.S. and you don't have your singer in the band and, you know, the band is mostly known for having Sai as the vocalist, you know, maybe just postpone it or get some, you know, no-name person to come in and fill in where it doesn't really matter. But when you bring somebody like Neil Turbin and, you know, something like this is going to happen. Two big egos, two big bands like that, that, you know, you know, I don't know what to say about it, but I'm sure if you read more, you'll find out. All right, right now, let's get back to the music here. John wanted to hear Phantasm, Kate the Penn is old band. But John, I don't remember Gene Hoglin being in this group for some reason. Uh, they had a different drummer. The guy passed away. Uh, I can't even remember his name. Oh, God. He was a young, they were all young. They were like 16, 17-year-old kids when this band would form. Kate was in his 20s. And Ron McGovern, was in the band, you know, who used to be in Metallica, in the early version of Metallica. But I just don't remember Gene playing drums. I got to look up the, the drummer's name. I think it was like Kohal or something. I, I'm not sure right now, but we'll get on a tune off the demo tape. I'll find out the guy's name. Maybe I'm wrong, but I just don't remember Gene being in the group. But here's Phantasm, Pray for Power. 
Uh, before we get started, we just like to thank everybody who showed up. You know, it's like a lot of people go, shit, there's not that many people here, but it's not how many people are here, it's how many people are here to have a good time, you know? And also, we'd like to thank the promoters because they've been fucking real cool, and all these people right here have been real cool, and all the people who drove 300 miles to see this fucking show, all right? All right, this one's called Pray for Power!
I know the other day Iman posted a video by Future Tense, and I haven't heard them in so long that I had to get a song on by those guys. I forgot how good that stuff was, you know? Sometimes you don't play stuff for a long time, you forget all about it. But that was Evil Attack. All right, we're going to get on some Exodus, get an interview with Tom Hunting going. But before then, I want to remind everybody, I, I say it every week, you should know by now, if you're in the New York City area next March 13th and 14th of 2015, the Defenders of Old Festival 3 will be taking place in Brooklyn at the Bell House. And uh, he rang the promoter released 100 early bird tickets the other day for 65 bucks a pop. Uh, save a little money. That's for the two day, uh, for the two days, uh, two days of the show, and they sold out within minutes. So we're definitely going to have a packed house at that festival. It's going to be amazing. Uh, Friday night is the first night of the show. Riot Five are headlining, and right before them we have Liege Lord on the bill and Destructor, and then uh, it's not Enemy, but it's Brian Lapitan from Enemy. He's going on the name of Machines of War. He's going to be doing the entire first record by the band. There's also a couple of uh, other acts on that day. I think High Spirits and Nader. And Magic Circle on the bill. And then Saturday night, the reunited original version of Exciter are going to be headlining. The Rods are going on before them. Broker's Helm, Aggression, and October 31st. And it's going to be a few other local acts. I think it's going to go from about 5 in the afternoon to about 12, 1 o'clock in the morning both days. So uh, if you can grab any tickets, if you can find an early bird ticket, they're putting out a little bit here and there, grab them. It'll save you maybe 5 or $10 off the two-day admission if you're going for both days. But if not... At least go one day, and I wouldn't miss excited. First time here in the U.S. in 30 years with the original lineup. It's going to be absolutely amazing. I cannot wait for this festival to take place. All right, how about we get on some Exodus? We get that interview going, and then we'll fill up some more airtime with a bunch of nonsense. How does that sound, huh? All right, should I do some old Exodus first, or maybe something off the new record? Let's do old school, and I'll play something off the new record after the interview.
Tom? Yes. Hey, this is Mike. How are you? Doing great today. It's a pleasure talking with you. Right on. Where are you hey. at? We're in New York City. We're waiting for you to get here. Okay, I got a few more right weeks on. to go. We're on, <laughs> looking we're forward on to the show. All right. Uh, well, it looks like it's been a great tour so far. And I have to tell you, being a fan going back to the early days of the band, to those demo tape days when we were trading back in the 80s, this album seems to have brought the band like full circle almost in a way. I mean, it's just incredible the response you've been getting. It seems like it's finally come around for you guys. Yeah, it's been awesome, dude. And uh, it has. You know, we have we have uh, we have radio to thank for passing them tapes around back in the day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it was done. Totally, dude. Lick a stamp, dupe the best quality, and send it off. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we've come a long way from that, and now things are being recorded in, in your own studio. And I have to tell you, the drum sound on this record, I think, is beyond anything you've done before. I don't know if you're recording in a different manner or how you're setting things up, but it just sounds tenfold compared to what you've done in the past. We um, we took a little bit different route this time. Like, I mean, we still use a lot of close drum miking, but we also spread uh, some room mics into it. And we had a really good drum room to jam in, too, so it was awesome. That's fantastic. Whatever you did, it came out great. And Steve is back in the band now, which is another big thing. I mean, how did this all come about? Because in the beginning of the year, it sounded like, you know, you were going into the album with Rob, and Steve is back, and you've made a lot of fans happy. And I guess some of the old fans uh, that were fans of Rob are a little upset, but, you know, it is what it is. Yeah, I mean, I, I won't go into too much, but we were just we were just kind of at an impasse with Rob, and you know, this was album number 10, and it was really special to us, you know, and, um, you know, we were just, we just weren't working well together anymore, I guess. Uh, that stuff happens. I mean, you know, you played together with a lot of people for a long time, and I guess you could tell when the chemistry is not there anymore, and, and shit love, does happen. We love, we love us some Rob Dukes, and we love the music that we made with Rob, you know, we're very yeah. proud of it. I think, you know, we made some killer music with him, and, you know. I think he's awesome. Yeah. Well, when you kind of saw the writing on the wall that things weren't going to go the way you wanted to, was the first option to go and try to reconnect again with Steve, or was this stuff happening already, or were you thinking about going with somebody new altogether? You know, going to somebody new altogether would have been career suicide for us, you know, trying to, like, incorporate a brand-new voice into the band. And um, we weren't trying to, like, make a retro album or anything like that. We just... Um, you know, we took it slow, actually. We, we invited him in to sing on a couple of songs just to see how it was, and he came in really prepared, like guns blazing, ready to rock, and he crushed on those two songs, and kind of we just kind of took it from there, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, like you said, you weren't planning on doing a retro record, and I don't think this record reeks of retro in any way, shape, or form, but it does kind of touch on a little bit of the band's early career, you know, the middle ground of where you were and where you've been going with the last few records. I think it's kind of a nice amalgamation of everything that you've done over the last 30 years. Thanks, dude. I think you put that perfectly. You know, it's got elements of uh, newer Exodus. It's got punk rock elements, southern rock elements, you know. It's a very it's a very rooted album and it, it all came together really organically, you know. It wasn't really it wasn't a struggle at all. Yeah. I mean, do you find that I mean you you know, you always have those diehard fans that it's you know, it's bonded by blood or it's nothing at all. Then you got people that have gone along for the ride with everything you've done. 
But I mean, it, it's not, I don't think, is it possible to actually go back and recreate the past? I mean, it don't seem like it's possible to me. I mean, if you're not moving along and people aren't going for the ride with you, I think you're kind of missing out on something as a fan and as a musician. Well, I mean, it's good that they respect and love what we've done in the past, but it's, you know, and of course we always play a good portion of Bonded by Blood Live, so, you know, it's not like it's not like they're getting cheated out of anything they've loved forever. <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah, well, I, I'm sure when you go into Piranha for the 10,000th time, I'm saying, you're probably saying to yourself, why don't we do something off a different album <laughs> next time around? Yeah, I mean, yeah, but I mean, it's there's worse problems a band can have than have you know <laughs> a lot a lot of albums and a lot of music to choose from. I think you know. Yeah, well, going on now. I mean, obviously, you're gonna be focusing on the new record because that's where it's all about, and you have to touch on some of those classic songs. But what about the last couple of records with Rob Dukes? Is is Zetra gonna be doing any of that music? Or are you gonna kind of just touch on right now? You know what you did with yeah, him. Yeah, we've been. We've been playing that stuff. Like we play Iconoclasm and uh, Children live on our headlining set, and um, we play uh, uh, Good Riddance from Exhibit B. You know, but look, there is there is a lot of music there to cover. There's a lot of history to cover, and it's you know it's hard it's hard to even cram it all into an hour and a half set, let alone a you know half hour set that we get now. So, so we just we just yeah. do our best. I mean, man, we do we we've gone. We've gone rounds and rounds about this, you know, within the band. Like, what are we going to play? And, you know, it always comes down to, like, what people want to hear the most, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, you got to please. It's hard to please everybody, let alone ourselves. You can't. So you can only, you know, pick and choose. And, you know, you do the best you can. Like it says, you have a limited amount of time on, you know, the opening sets and more when you're headlining. To pick and choose from, but you're out on a, an amazing package right now. I mean, you know, Suicidal and Slayer. I mean, these are like the dream packages that people look forward to. You have like three great bands on the bill. I mean, is it important like to try to hook up on tours or go out on tours where you're playing with other bands that are you know kind of similar to what you do, or do you like that challenge of going out there with bands that are like completely opposite of your sound and style and trying to win over that new crowd or trying to make it fit with that you know that tour package? Um. I think our crowd is our crowd, you know. The diehards are going. The diehards are going to come out, you know. I mean, we've toured with other bands like that are a little bit different than us. Like, and one of my favorite bands from the Bay Area right now is High on Fire. We toured with them, and they're amazing. They're a little bit. They're a little bit different than what we do. Um, I think if people, you know, just, you know, metal fans could either be open-minded or they could be the total opposite, and it's like, you know, they want their thrash metal. Or they can, you know, I listen to everything, but, you know, not everybody's like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, you see a lot of these European festivals. I mean, they'll have such a mix of bands on the bill. And the places are packed, and you don't see people, like, you know, screaming at the bands that kind of don't fit into what they were there for. This is like everybody gets along and they enjoy it. And, you know, when, when there's a big package like that. You know, I just feel fortunate that on this tour we don't get what they call slayered. Because, like, so many bands of <laughs> So many bands have opened for Slayer, and like before they even go on, the crowd's like chanting Slayer. So, you know, you guys don't have to worry about that. <laughs> we're pretty, we're pretty happy. We got enough street cred to like hang with what's going on here. So, yeah, I'm sure. <laughs> no sweat. But hey, look, the records got a couple of uh, guests on there. Uh, Kirk came back for a little bit of guitar work. Uh, you got Chuck Billy on there. Dan is uh, is working on a song on there. How did you pick it? I mean, how did it come about? I mean, did you want to pick and choose these people to play with and work with? 
Well, I mean, originally Chuck kind of like, you know, Chuck's, Chuck's part of our three-headed management team now. So he was, you know, he was there a lot during the vocal process with, with Zed and with Rob, actually. He, you know, he came in to be Rob's um, vocal ally, kind of. And, you know, him and Zed have a, have a long, long relationship in the past. And there were certain parts of this record where it was just screaming for that deep, like, Chuck Billy background vocal, you know? Yeah, and as far as Kirk, we couldn't have been happier. Man, we were so stoked that he came in and did that solo. It was killer. It was fun. You know, it was super stress free. Like we did all the tracking at my house where I live in California, and he came over, did his solo, and we barbecued and drank beer. It was pretty simple. It's good times. And you had Andy Sleep working on this record. How's it with? I mean, Andy seems like to be the go-to guy over the last few years for a lot of bands. Yeah, I mean, we love Andy. He's like a sixth member of the band. He's, you know, he's been our friend. He's been, he's he's been helping us stand out since we did the live record with Baylock. And, you know, um, he knows what we look for production-wise. I mean, I love the drum tone that he's able to get. I mean, for for a producer and a guy that doesn't really play drums, he really does know a lot about, um, you know, getting that fat killer drum tone. You know, being the fact that you've been around the block so many times and put out so many albums, is it difficult when you go into the studio with somebody who wants like tinker and change around a sound and style that you know that it's going to work? Or do you kind of have to have an open mind and say, well, all right, you know, he wants to change this a little bit. Maybe we should give it a shot. Or are you so dead set against like your music being tampered with after all these years? Because, I mean, really, who knows better than you how you want, you know, your sound to be? Well, I mean, I think from that standpoint, we we, we go in really prepared, you know, with a vision of how the song is going to be arranged. But we, we do sometimes tweak with arrangements a little bit in the studio. I mean, I know, you know, I'd say 90% of the vision is there, and sometimes we will tweak it, tweak a song maybe 10% and then, like, do some different things. Um, but And, you know, Andy's really good at that, too. Yeah. Well, what do you guys got planned for the rest of the year, man? I know you're out on the road right now. Are you going to try to get out again on a headlining tour, uh, maybe in 2015, to keep this thing going? Because I know you guys are all busy with a lot of other stuff besides Exodus, even though I know that's your main thing. Uh, are you going to be able to head out again on, on the tour, like giving us a full set? Um, absolutely. And we are – We're so far for 2015, we're, we're booking some stuff for April that I can't really talk about right now, but it's going to happen, and it'll be awesome. Um, and also, we're we're booked to play Soundwave in uh, February, so which is killer. It's a great festival, and we're happy to be on it. Yeah, uh, are there any I places that you haven't been, been yet? I haven't been to Hawaii. Wow, I like I like to, I'd like to play Hawaii, and you know we've tried to go to Costa Rica now like fucking seven times, and for some reason the show always always doesn't happen, and. We'd like to. We would like to finally get to Costa Rica because there's a lot of fans there, you know. Oh, without a doubt. I mean, South America seems to be a hotbed, you know, for metal. Like over the last couple of years, uh, the same they with Japan. Shit, I mean, yeah, they go crazy for. It. I mean, do you see it like getting better here in the U.S.? Because you know, we had a rough time in the '90s, and it's coming around again now. I mean, it'll never be what it was in the '80s, but I mean, is it getting better here in the U.S.? Do you see it getting better as you move along through the different states? I think it is, you know, and I think, um, you know, the U.S. is getting better at, at organizing those, like, traveling festival type things, too, you know, whereas we never had that in the past. I mean, the Mayhem Fest and the 
slaughter everything fest or whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Summer yeah. slaughter. <laughs> yes, I think, I think it is. I think it is. I think it is getting better here. We we played the Rock on the Range this year. And it was a fantastic show. Killer. Yeah. A festival is the way to go for most bands today. I mean, you're you're an experienced touring band. You can go out on your own and with other you know bills and play. But for a lot of the bands, like they're in that middle ground where it's hard to get on a tour and go out. You know, and it's too expensive to move around. Is festivals the way to do it? Just like try to hit like a big audience at one time and get your music heard. I said like slug it through club to club, maybe in front of twenty people on a weeknight. Well, I mean, twenty twenty people at a club on a weeknight is pretty brutal, but you know. There's something to be said for small, intimate shows, too, you know, that are like, you know, 400 people on a weeknight in a club is is pretty awesome. You know, it's a, it's a, it's a, I think it's a little bit better, it's a little bit better connection than, than even, you know, a bill like this, you know? I mean, we're playing, we're playing in front of some pretty big crowds on this tour, but, but, um, you know, we'll take either. If it's, you know... If it's forty, four hundred, four thousand, or forty thousand, you still got a job to do, you know. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, you know, Tom, I'm not going to keep. I know you're busy doing these things all day long. You're going to be here in New Jersey in about another week or so, and just to let you know that that place is sold out. So it's going to be a jam-packed crowd that night, and I'm looking forward to having you guys destroy it. In Montclair, it's been sold out for a long time. Oh, that's awesome, dude! Glad to hear that. Yeah, you can't get tickets. Yeah, so uh, I'm, ex- I'm, I'm excited looking forward to seeing that. You it's going to be great, man. Show, dude. Yeah, it's going to be jam-packed. That's a great club over there. It's going to be packed, that place. Glad to hear uh, that. And I'll be right there in the front waiting for you guys to come on. So uh, <laughs> the best of luck with the rest of the tour. You really, guys, you put out a killer album. Blood and Blood Out really takes it all home for you guys. And I'm looking forward to hearing a lot of stuff off that record live. Right on, dude. Thanks. All right. It was great talking with you, man. You take care of yourself. You too, bro. Bye. Thank you. <laughs>
There you go, brand new Exodus, Collateral Damage from the Blood In, Blood Out record. And you know, uh, Zetro was supposed to be on the show live tonight, but uh, he had to cancel most of his interviews because uh, he's getting starting to lose his voice. So uh, Tom called in uh, right before Thanksgiving and did this interview. So we recorded this a few days ago. Uh, and Tom was on the show in the beginning of the year. He's a great guy to talk to. So I, I saw him last night in Montclair, New Jersey. Amazing show. They sounded great. This really is a good record, but it was definitely an album that was, you know, made it record. Get, they were getting ready to record it. It was an album that was, was supposed to be for Rob Dukes, really. And you know, Zetra came in. I'm sure they changed things up a little bit to fit him a little better. Uh, but I'm looking forward to the next one now that he's back in the band. Uh, if, he, if he's managed to sustain to the band to the next record, who knows what can happen. But to see what they come up with then, because I, you know, no respect, no disrespect to Rob Dukes, but I really wasn't a big fan of his era of Exodus. You know, so I was kind of happy. You know, I would love it if they could resurrect, you know, Paul Bailoff and bring him back from the dead, but that won't happen. But uh, Zetro is, you know, the next best thing. And we'll see what happens with the next record. Like I said, I think this album was made with Rob Dukes in mind. And uh, Zetro kind of came in at the last minute when that didn't happen. And uh, this is what we got. But it is a pretty good album. I must say that. It was an amazing show last night. Everybody sounded good. I didn't think I was really going to enjoy Slade too much, but I actually got into them. It's been a long time since I've actually seen the band live, and uh, I wasn't expecting too much out of those guys after everything that's been going on lately with them. But pretty good show, I have to say. All right. Is there any dates left in the company area? Definitely go and try to check it out. It was a packed house last night. Sold out. Amazing. And Suicidal they always put on a good show. You can't beat those guys live. All right. Let me see what I can do for you right now. Oh, before I was uh, talking about those super groups, the other one I couldn't remember was one with Jack Blade from Night Ranger. Nick Castronova from uh, uh, Journey. I, I, he used to be in the Wild Dogs, I think, back in the day. He used to play with Matt McCord, if I, if I remember. And Doug Aldrich, who was with White Snake. You know, that's another one of these super groups we're talking about. We were talking about that before. Uh, also, Kelly Smith, uh, he left the uh, Flotsam and Jetsam again. Uh, he's gone for good this time. Uh, he said that he, you know, he got the band back on track, doing a lot of live shows. They played in 15 countries, 80 gigs. I, I don't know, maybe I missed something, but I only remember that one tour not long ago where uh, F and J were going out there. And I don't remember really playing that much over the last couple of years. So he's gone, but there's been quite a few members of the band that have, have left over the last uh, few months or the last year. Uh, pretty sure Ed Carlson's gone from the band and Jason Ward. Uh, Michael Spencer's back with them. He played with them around 87 for about a year. Uh, he's back in the band. And right now there is no drummer. Uh, maybe they'll go back and uh, look for Craig Nielsen. Or, uh, you know, somebody else will get them in the group. We'll, we'll see what happens with that. Uh, let's see what else is going on. I was watching the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade the other day. Kiss were on there. And uh, 
I, Paul Stanley's complaining. I don't know, he really mentioned what he was complaining about. He just said it, it, it wasn't a good experience. It was treated unfairly. I don't know what he's bitching, but maybe because it had to go on before Santa Claus, I don't know what he could possibly be complaining about. It's the Thanksgiving parade. You're not going to get your full set or full song on there. It's just blips and little pieces as you're kind of moving along in the caravan, you know, between big <laughs> balloons and floats. I don't know what he expected, what he thought they were going to do for them. But who knows? But it was pretty cool. I mean, even though it looked like you, they're definitely lip sync because everybody in the parade lip syncs, but it didn't even look like they were lip syncing in time where you can't even remember the words to their songs. That was the saddest part about that whole, that whole debacle over there. Maybe they weren't happy about the way things were lined up. Who the hell knows? All right, let's keep the music flowing here. We got an interview with Mortician coming up real soon. Uh, how about we do some. Uh, Brat. This is off their demo tape. This isn't the pre-merciful fate, Brat. This is the band out of Florida. Uh, they put out this one demo tape back in the day, and it kind of disappeared. I had a song called Throw Away the Key. Can't you 
Anvil Chorus, once again, that goes back to the Blondes and Black single from back in the day. And I email was talking about Storm Spell Records. And I know I, the last CD I ordered from them took about four weeks to come. But if you go to the website, he writes down that he's like a one-man operation. And he has a job. And the record company is a side thing. So it does take a while to get it. But that is a long time. I do have to agree with you. You should be able to get stuff out you know, on a weekly basis, if anything. Not like a couple of weeks. But uh, that's the way it is, I guess. All right, how about we get on a song by Mortician? We'll have that interview coming up with the band right after that. Let's do, uh, I know what, let's do something off the last record, Worship Metal. Here you go.
How are you? Hi, Mike. I'm fine. Thank you. And you? I'm doing good. How was rehearsal tonight? Perfect. Perfect. <laughs> That's good to know. <laughs> I'm glad about that. Hey, listen, big fan of the band. Been with you guys since the first demo tape came out back in the 80s. And I'm glad that you were able to put it together and do it all over again. That's great. You still remember those those old stuff? Oh, I sure. I still have my uh, cassette tapes from back then. Wow. <laughs> so, uh, Mike, I'm here with the whole band, uh, Thomas, Daniel, and our new drummer, Alex. Uh, guys, it's, all, it's great to meet all of you. Uh, I wish I knew how to make the video work on my end. I just have no idea how to make it happen. <laughs> So we'll have to go with that. But hey, listen, I'm, like I said, I'm glad you guys are back together. And the second record since reuniting a few years ago, Shot for Heavy Metal, this is a really great record, really solid album. It kind of has that old feel to it, but yet where the band is today. Uh, cool, cool. Thank you very much. That's great feedback. Thanks. Thank you. I'm glad. So, so let's talk about the new record. I mean, uh, are these songs all brand new that you've just worked on, or were any of these tunes maybe stuff left over from the early days? There's only one song left over. That's uh, Rock Power. Uh, the other eight songs are new stuff. Well, they, they sound great. When you put the band back together a few years ago, was it hard trying to recreate that earlier sound, or did you not even try to bother? Did you just move on from where you are today? Yeah, I think that's what we did. Uh, you know that Thomas was always playing, also in between uh, with other bands like Out of Fear. And when they stopped, uh, he called me to bring us together again and said, okay, let's try it. And so we just did it. It's not, nothing special. I just played what we, what we are about. Yeah, yeah. Well, we go back to the early days. The band started around 1983. And you went to about 1990, maybe 1991. What happened towards the end? Because there were a couple of releases, the EPs, the demos, but then we didn't hear anything from the band after 1990. <laughs> yeah, we have no record deal. And still, of course, uh, yeah. So there was a. We always tried to get a deal, uh, and that that was not possible at the time here in that area, whatever. And uh, at the end, also, there were some uh, changes in the band, some band members, and I started an evening school for mechanical engineering, and so that's, that's how it then split off. Oh, okay. okay. Was it a hard, uh, was the heavy metal scene in Austria uh, very difficult to be a part of back in the 80s? Was it a big scene? The, the scene was quite big, yes, but uh, we were in the, in the uh, western part of Austria, and... Uh, so we were far away from the center of the scene in Vienna, and, and so for the big big cities, also Zurich and Munich are quite uh, far away, and so we had a lot of shows here in clubs and on on um, biker events and, and stuff like that. Huh? But we never hit the step up to the big cities. And uh, yeah, yeah, I can imagine it was hard back then. It's not like today with the internet where you click a button and everybody in the world could hear your music in one second. Back then, you really had to get out there and travel around and, and be heard and seen. Yeah, yeah, that's true. That's a big difference. Obviously, now with the internet, it's, it's so easier to reach people. And and in, in the 80s and early 90s, there was no possibility. So we had to do the demos. We had to search for all these uh, contacts, these addresses of all the record labels, send them the stuff. 
and I think uh, they, they put it in the trash bin before they open it because I think they received so many stuff. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, like when you decided a couple of years ago you were going to put the band back together again, did you try to work it out with some of the older members? Because there were a lot of members back in the early days. Yeah, first we tried, yes. We had the uh, original drummer on with um, us from the EP, No War, and uh, the singer, uh, Chassie, who was on the, on the demo tape Break the Rules. So, but uh, they did not really um, like to, to play again the, the sound of the 80s. Yeah. Then well, they stopped after a few weeks. Yeah. Well, I, I'm glad you wound up with Daniel in the group because I was a big fan of Art of Fear. So to have him in there, I thought was really cool. And he brings a great sound to the group these days. Thank you very much. Uh, anytime, anytime. So now you have the new record out. You had one album out two years ago before that. I mean, how's it been now, getting back together? How have you seen the heavy metal scene today as compared to back then? Well, it's different to say. Uh, I think now it's more uh, culture. It's, uh, the, the, the metal scene is, uh, is like a family. Uh, you have, especially in, in Germany or in Middle Europe, there are a lot of uh, uh, good festivals uh, concentrated on this kind of music. And... Uh, so therefore, it's uh, it's oh, you can oversee it, and it, it's quite uh, yeah, you you feel part of it. It's it's, and uh, that was not in the in the eighties, huh? Yeah, is the festival scene a big part of uh, being in a band today? Because you can literally go from country to country and play in front of you know thousands of people, where you wouldn't be able to do that in the local club scene. You're right. That's something which. Uh... You know, uh, if we could, if we could uh, do what we want, it's it's like that. We would like to play on the huge festivals and, and do all this stuff, but we know that we are. I mean, I mean, we do music as our hobby. It's 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 nothing that we earn the money about it. So normally, when we're going on 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 yeah, on a tour, for example, uh, two years ago it was with uh, Lillian X. We played in the little clubs, but it was fun for us. Yeah. We played it uh, during during we played in. Czech Republic, I think, in Poland, in Hungary. Hungary, in Austria, in Germany, and Switzerland, and it was fun for us. Oh, no, actually, also the guys from Leon X and uh, Seven Thorns from from Sweden are great guys. Yeah, yeah. How hard is it getting on a tour today? Is it difficult for any band? Yeah, it's. Uh, let's say if you uh, you can uh, uh, sign in at uh, how you call it uh, agency, and they they. Uh, when there is a tour on uh, ongoing or planning, uh, they send you. Um, they ask you if you want to be part of it, but you have to buy in huh, on the yeah. most of tours. And uh, there are possibilities, uh, but uh, it's always difficult if you have four four uh, four band members, each has his job, and and. Uh, so you have to take holiday at the same time. It's, so it's not always easy to find a week or two where all of us can go together on a tour. Yeah. Well, you Actually, talk. Sorry. I'm sorry. We got uh, in, in little problems with our wives if we do that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. You guys are different. My wife would pay to put me on tour to get me out of the house. <laughs> you should have married her. You guys be playing all over the world. <laughs> 
picture of my wife and you give it to your wife and she should call it. Oh, my she'll, wife. She'll, have to, she'll convince her in no time at all that you're not worth being home with. Don't worry. Yeah. <laughs> but you, you talk about buying in to get on a tour and I, you hear that more and more today. Was that the same way back in the 80s? Was it the same setup back then where you had tour even back then? Let's say we, we did not even get the chance at that time, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we had some, we, do, we did some competition and we also won some competition and were under the best 10. So we had, uh, we were invited to Vienna, the capital city in Austria, to, to play some gigs and we, we then we supported uh, Sepultura and Sodom in Vienna. So in, in, the, in the late 80s, so that was the fast, that was great, huh? But yeah was not, uh, we were not able to, to get the real uh, step forward at, uh, at that time. Sure, it was hard. Well, Alex, you just joined the band recently. How'd you hook up with the guys? Well, it has been pretty cool. Um, they're very warm persons, and uh, we really have had fun since the very first meeting we had. Um, we met there since uh, several months ago. Just uh, friend stuff and everything, and, you know, just fucking getting drunk and everything, and then now that I have uh, been uh, that I have come a part of the band, it has been pretty cool. Uh, they're pretty funny and everything. The practices, uh, uh, they are very patient and everything. Yeah. And uh, mm, yeah, we can always have a beer and everything, uh, party a bit. Yeah. So for me, that I'm quite uh, not an alcoholic. <laughs> Cheers. It uh, has been pretty cool. That's <laughs> yeah, good. Well, you know, like, like, like Alex and Dan, that both of you stepped in, you know, Dan a couple of years ago. Did you feel like when you joined the band, you kind of had to, you know, stick to the way the, maybe one of the other singers did or one of the other drummers did? Or were you free to kind of, you know, add your own style to, like, the music, especially the older tunes? Uh, that's, uh, that's for you, no? A question to me? Well, for both no. of you. <laughs> Ah, oh, okay, okay, sorry, didn't got that part. Um, well, right now um, I'm pretty new in the band, so um, I'm making, my, my job is basically to learn the old songs. So I have not had uh, really the opportunity to put something in, in um, from my own style or my own uh, thoughts into the, the, the playing. But uh, they have uh, really encouraged me that for the new songs that we will make when we pass these steps of learning the old songs to, to bring my own ideas and to start playing my own style, now that they are looking forward to that. So um, I guess it will become pretty cool also for me to to, to start bringing the, my, my new ideas for a new songs and well, maybe a new CD, not so far away from now. <laughs> yeah. Is it hard trying to find musicians that kind of have the same vision or the same direction like each man wants to go in, living in the same area? Because, you know, you have bands today that have members all over the world. Guitar player in the U.S., uh, singer in Germany, uh, you know, drummer in Poland. Is it more important to have the members near each other where you can actually play together and rehearse and work on new music? I think so, that, 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 is, that this is really more, more, the more the thing which, which, which should be. Uh, I, I'm not this guy of, uh, of musician who likes it to get something on the internet which the drummer played and you hear it and something which a guitar player is playing for example in porn or something like that and then meeting each other only once a month uh, this is nothing for me 
Yeah. I like to, to see the people and, and, and to talk about uh, what is happening in your life, what's happening in this, in, in my life. And it's also very important to write new songs. If, if everybody of, of each uh, knows the feelings and, and how, the, 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 for example, Patrick is working, it's much easier to, 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 to write a new song because I, I get his feeling when he's playing the, pass, the bass and uh, when he's writing, for example, some lyrics, I, I know what he's meaning. And so for me, that's, that's the only part how music can function. Now, I agree, because you see a lot of bands that go with the MP3s back and forth, and you kind of lose that personal interaction where you could say, let's change this right now so I can sing it this way, or let's change the drums that way, or the guitar this way. It kind of gets lost when you don't have that interaction between the members. I also think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. that's correct. And then back to your question, I think it's very uh, difficult to find the musicians with the same spirit uh, in, 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 in your area. That's we are very lucky yeah, to now have have Alex on board because the it's black a, cat. Uh, the black cat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. Really not, you know, we, we spend the evening together. We do some music. We we talk together. We drink some beers, and that's how it, how it's working. Yeah. Well, you know, if you remember back in the very beginning of the whole scene, the late '70s, early '80s. Every band wanted to break big in America. They thought this was the place to come. They, they sang in English no matter what country they came from. Was it a difficult decision early on to say, you know, we're going to sing in English instead of German? Yes, yes, it is. For me, it's heavy metal only to sing in English, not in <laughs> German. Yeah. The ro- I like that. It's, it's, but, uh, it's, it's, the words don't so, rhyme as well. For me, to sing in German. And I think that um, singing in English will always uh, open you a many doors, no? Because even Rammstein, I mean, they were a big thing here in Europe, in, in especially in Central Europe, that are uh, countries that are dominated by German-speaking persons. But for uh, ripping into United States, into America, they had to change the hast to, to you hate, no? Yeah. <laughs> they have to play the song, so. Yeah. 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 Because yeah. that uh, English is... Uh, a um, very important part for, for rock and roll and metal. Yeah. Well, you know, like here in the, in the in the States right now, you know, metal has made a little bit of a comeback. The clubs are starting to fill up again. And a lot of younger kids are getting into, like, the classic-sounding heavy metal. But it seems like the big scene is still over in Europe right now, especially, like, in Germany. And even down in South America seems to be very big. Uh, with the Internet today, do you find, you know, where your fans are more than other places? Well, uh, with the fans, it's it's like that, <clears throat> like you, know, you can compare it to 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 a football team or something like that. When we play in our area, uh, we have got really enough people, <laughs> and it's it's really pretty cool, and it's 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 a good feeling to to play here. But it's also a great feeling to play in other countries. We especially when we were on tour with with Lillian X, uh, we didn't know that uh, so many people know Mortician and like Mortician. Uh, and it was a great uh, experience for us. Yeah. Were you surprised at just about how many people were fans of the band? Because, you know, you didn't know back then. There were no magazines or radio stations or internet to let you know that you had fans in other parts of the world. Now the internet comes out, and you hear people uh, talking about songs and albums. Did it surprise you? That's a great pleasure. Uh, pleasure and pleasure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, no, we were very surprised when we when we start again uh, five years ago, 
and we heard that uh, people from Greece uh, are contacting us. Uh, oh, it's great that you're back. And uh, and then we played the Up the Hammers Festival in, in 2010. That was great, yeah. They, they, they brought the EP uh, to the concert that we signed it. So that wow. was, uh, <laughs> that was amazing. Uh, amazing for us. Uh, that was great. crazy. That was the only time and the first time where uh, at the after show party, I went out from the club uh, from the back door because the, there were so many people in with us and I actually couldn't even, uh, yeah. Step out. Uh, yeah, step out. I had to leave. The club. Every <laughs> time, every time he left the club, or the front door has to drink something, and yeah. that was too much. That's a good problem <laughs> to have, right? That's really a good problem to have. <laughs> uh, that's fantastic. I love it. Hey, well, listen, the new record just came out right now. Uh, what do you have plans for? You have any plans for the rest of the year? We're almost over now, but oh, what's happening for 2015? No, this year I think we concentrate on um, practicing. Have to train uh, a lot. <laughs> to, to prepare the, the release show. We have the CD release show beginning uh, in middle of January, 16th of January, in, in Dornbirn, here in Austria. And uh, one month later we play in Innsbruck, that's the next bigger city in our area. So, so far these are the plans, uh, to step by step. And then we will see how the reviews are and uh, if there's some... Uh, some concerts are coming in. Uh, I think the reviews are going to be great because you guys really made a phenomenal record. I think it's one of the best ones you guys have put out yet, and I'm hoping everybody picks it up and, and gives it a listen because it's well-deserved. You guys did a great job. Thank you very much. Thanks. Uh, I, yeah. listen, I appreciate it, guys. I'm going to let you go because I know it's getting a little later over there. But thank you very much for talking with me today, and I'm hoping that you can make it here to America. I would love to see you guys live. Yeah. <laughs> we hope so. Yeah. Thank you. If not, if not, I'll fly over there to come see you. Thank yeah. you very we'll much. Let you know. Thanks. Yeah, we'll do it like a reverse sound of music. I'll get in on a passport. We'll get over there. That's cool. cool. All right, guys. Take care. Have a great night. Well 
All right, there you go. Brand new Mortician, Promised Land. I want to thank all of our guests for being on the show tonight. I do appreciate them taking out the time to talk with me. I also want to thank Bill Lindsay from Impale Light. Just got his Christmas card today. It's real funny. Also sent me out that new Christmas single. But Bill is going to be on the show, uh, I think, the second or third week of December. Uh, so we'll hold off on that song until then. We'll play it while Bill's on the show. Maybe offer our Christmas spectacular when we do that. We'll see what happens. Uh, I was reading on uh, Brave Words the other day that Queensryche are selling stock in their company or shares. You have to buy in for like $50,000 uh, and you get a certain percentage of the company, you know, the Queensryche company. And it's saying that you'll recoup your money off of future royalties from records and merchandise and tours. Now, I don't know how many of these packages they're selling, but you will never recuperate your $50,000 if Queensryche performed for the next 50 years straight without stopping. You couldn't recuperate your 50 grand if this was 1988 with Queensryche. There's no, I don't know who's going to spend $50,000 to buy into this thing. You have to be out of your mind. It's not the original Queensryche. It's not even the Jeff Tate Queensryche when Queensryche were you know, popular with Jeff Tate and the band. I mean, it's a Todd Tory version of Queensryche. The band, nobody's buying albums anymore, paying for them anyway. Only a handful of us still are. So how much money are you going to make off of album sales? Merchandising, you know, it's 
you're not going to recoup it at fifty thousand dollars, especially when eight or nine people buy into this thing like that. And money off for shows is so limited, and it's mostly off the merchandise anyway. So how how do they think people are going to give them fifty grand, thinking they're going to get their money back for like you know merchandise and, and shows and albums? Is beyond me. It's just a pipe dream. Uh, I read something that they were saying that you know a band isn't supposed to fund their own record or something, pay for it out of their own pocket. Uh, so I think that's why they're doing this is to get money to record the next album. But unfortunately, you know, things change in the record industry and most bands today are laying the money out of their own pocket to record albums and, you know, and, and just trying to recoup what they put into it, you know, not even trying to make a profit anymore. They're trying to get back what they've paid. So I don't know who, if you got 50 grand and you want to say, you, you know, you, you want a piece of Queensryche, go right ahead. <laughs> but uh, that's a lot of money to spend for a little bit of return. And I mean, very little return. You probably have to buy your own ticket. If they come to town, you probably don't get a free ticket <laughs> as a majority stakeholder in the company. Who the hell knows? Let's go back to those glory days. Here's before the storm.
Okay, that was Jackhammer out of New Jersey off the Lethal Injection demo from 1983. That was the first demo tape I ever bought. Uh, I picked up a fanzine and bleaker bobs in the village, and it was an ad in the back for the demo tape. It was like $2 or $3, and I milled out for it. And it took about six weeks later. Stone Star Records must be doing the distribution for them back then. <laughs> it took a while, but it came and it was such, it was like one of the most poorly recorded demo tapes ever. But the songs kicked ass. I love that demo tape and I still play it till today. And I'm such a big fan of those guys. And I remember like all year long, I thought like, I came up with this great undiscovered band. I was telling everybody, did you ever hear of Jack Hammond? Ever, nobody ever heard of Jack Hammond. They were always spoke to. All my metalhead friends, people from the clubs and the scenes, nobody heard of them. And then about a year later, I was in Lemoore, and I don't remember who we were there to see. I think it was Exciter. And uh, I see this guy with a denim jacket on, and he's got a jackhammer patch on his jacket. It was like a homemade patch. I'm like, this is, I, I was like, this can't be. I've never seen anybody with jackhammer. Nobody's ever heard of them. So I started talking to them. I was like, how do you know J the band Jackhammer? It's like I was a drummer in the band. He goes, but we're not together anymore. We changed the name to Whiplash. It's going to be harder and heavier than anything we did before. And it was, you know, it was TJ, uh, Tony Scaglione. Uh, and we became friends after that. Until today, we still talk to each other. And, uh, you know, Whiplash is just Tony Patero right now. And uh, he's got like two other guys playing with him. It's not the same. But he was looking to get Scaglione back in the band. And that's what kind of caused the breakup of the last lineup uh, with Joe Cangelosi on drums. He had found out that. Uh, Tony was uh, going behind his back looking to get Scaglione back in there and kind of give him boot. So uh, that's when they parted ways. But now you have Brooklyn Militia. So Tony's got, uh, so, uh, you know, Joe Cangelos has got something else going on. And he's got some new band called uh, Crankenstein or something. He sent me a link the other day, but I really didn't have a chance to check it out. So I'm going to do that and see what they're up to and we'll check it out. But right now, how about some Stefan Rod with Blow Your Face Off? Yeah. 
Right, another New Jersey band, Stefan Rod. Uh, they had one EP out in '83 called Shaka, and the band was named after the guitar player, or the guitar player named himself after the band, like an Alice Cooper type of move. Who knows? But the drummer of that band, Pinky, later on changed his name to Glenn Evans. You know, and uh, everybody knows him from Nuclear Assault to TT Quick and many, many other things. All right, we're gonna wrap things up here tonight. One more tune, and we're gonna close it out. I want to thank our guest, Tom Hunter from Exodus. I want to thank all the guys from Mortician. I had a great time talking with them. Uh, the Metal Matinee returns this Thursday. It's another United Kingdom of Metal show. I believe we're going to the Northwest region this Thursday, so don't forget to tune in for that. And uh, next Sunday night, in our quest to keep it down to one guest for the month of December, John Krupe from Fallen Angel will be our guest. We'll be talking to John live this Sunday night. So I want to thank everybody for listening. Take care. How about we close things out with one more New Jersey band? We'll do a triple shot of Jersey metal here. These are my good friends from Blessed Death, a band I'm waiting and hoping that they reunite pretty soon. Most of the guys are scattered all over the country right now, but man, this is one of the reunions that I want to see. So here you go. Incoming Wounded. Take care, everybody. Have a great work week. Hopefully it'll go by quick.
heavy metal anywhere. BlogTalkRadio.com and heavy metal mayhem. Yeah. 